My name is Era, and I'm the host of the Tamil Creator Podcast. I chat with creators from all over the world to share their stories and discuss hot topics in a way that I hope inspires, educates, and entertains you. Yeah, I think I, I don't know how I found you. I think I found you by accident. I was just, just kind of looking through and because uh, my friend Mahi, well, Mahi and Shalini, I think you know them as well. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I was talking to them and then I saw your profile and I was like, oh, because um, I want to try to get them on, but like they're a bit more shy about kind of doing public <laughs> stuff. And I was like, I'm interested in franchising. So I was like, yeah. oh, I'd love to you know, talk to somebody that's Tamil that's doing it because you don't see that many people doing it or at least talking about like franchising as kind of um, a business model. Like most people just start something. Yeah. No, for sure. I was actually, I was, you know, I was always curious how you actually found me, but that makes a lot of sense because they own the Morningside location. The funny thing is, um, I'm actually a very shy person too, but like one of my goals is to get out more, like get, you know, be involved in things like this a little bit more and put myself out there. So I was like, you know what, like the opportunity kind of presented itself. So I was like, you know what, I, I should take it and just uh, see where it takes me. Right. So, so it's actually funny that you're saying that they were too shy to come on. Cause I would have literally been the same way maybe a year ago. <laughs> Perfect timing. Well, for everyone listening, uh, this is another episode of The Talmud Creator. I'm your host, Era, and today we have Praveen Sivalingam, and he is a Boston pizza franchisee owner at the Markham location. So if you haven't already, if you don't, if you live in the Markham area, hit, you know, hit up the store. Uh, Praveen, welcome to the show. Thanks for overcoming your shyness and uh, hopefully <laughs> dropping some knowledge today for some folks listening that are interested in getting into the franchising world. For sure, I'll definitely try my best. And uh, thank you again, Aura, for having me here. Yeah, no worries. I mean, uh, you know, for me, I'm just like interested, I guess. Did did you jump right into franchising or like did you do any kind of business or like what made you even decide that franchising was something you wanted to, to do? Yeah, well, you know what? Growing up, my actually my family has been has been in restaurants um, ever since I can remember. Like, so we lived in Scarborough and Malvern area. My dad um, oh, where was Malvern? working at uh, Crow Trail. Like right beside oh, I lived on Crow Trail. I lived no on way. 97 Crow Trail. And <laughs> no, I, I, we were, I forget what, I think we were 64. I think we were 64 Crow Trail. That's actually so yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. I went what to Tom Longwood until like grade four or five. And then I went to Mary Shad. Crazy. Okay, okay. Awesome. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But literally same thing. I was there to grade three, moved to Markham, and that was it from there. But um, yeah, but uh, my dad, yeah. So my dad was actually working at a pizza pizza at Warren Eglinton. And eventually he was very close with the owner at the time. And basically he bought him out from that location and he never looked back since. Um, from that location, they went and bought like Woodbine Beaches. They went and bought the location of Midland Lawrence near like David and Mary Thompson, that area. This is also um, Boston Pizza? No, it's all Pizza Pizza. Oh, sorry. Pizza, so that's pizza, where we, yeah. yeah, so that's where we actually started. So we owned three Pizza Pizza franchises and my dad kind of built up his network from there. Um, and then honestly... I, we kind of stumbled upon Boston Pizza by luck. So me growing up, I worked in the Pizza Pizza change, which is more quick service. Um, so it's a little bit more different than what I'm doing now. So like now, like Boston Pizza is like a, it's a casual dining, but it's a full service restaurant. So obviously, you know, people are there for, you know, 90 minutes or, you know, whatever amount of time they're here for a full experience. Whereas with quick service, you're just kind of coming, grabbing your food and you're out of there like McDonald's or sort of like, you know, Harvey's or whatever it is. Um, so with, with Boston Pizza, we lived like five minutes away from that location. And internally, my dad had a contact that worked through like Pizza Pizza head office. He worked at Tim Hortons head office and all these other places. And my dad still kept in touch with them. And he basically just approached my dad one day. I was just like, hey, there's an opportunity here. It's a it's a really it's a, it's a it's an interesting op- opportunity as in like the, it's a Boston pizza. It's not doing so well. But if you want it, I think we can make me make, make a deal happen. And uh, basically, I was going there as a kid as well, right? So I, I was basically, by the time we bought the restaurant, I was about 21 or 22. My brother was um, like 17 or 18 years old, or 19 even. Um, and they, I took a lot of convincing from my dad and like kind of trust us to, uh, to take that restaurant over. Because uh, like he had to fund us, obviously, at 21, I didn't have the type of money it would take for the capital to obviously invest in a Boston pizza. But I went there enough to realize like what it needed to kind of thrive in that environment um so that's kind of where we started and we never kind of we never looked back since <laughs> so wait you and your brother so you were 21 22 your brother was 17 18 and you guys yeah, we were, th- were running a boston pizza yeah so like that that alone was a challenge because obviously um on the franchise or side they're looking at you know they're like they're looking at me and my brother or like just me at that time initially it was just like you're gonna have this 20 22 year old kid come and run this full full service restaurant 
and you know he's liable for rent being paid he's liable for his staff to get paid you know he's just liable for the brand itself and um that was like another hurdle that we had to get it past um so initially and a lot of people some people know this some people don't i actually had a partner uh which was one of my dad's friends initially when we started but we ended up buying him out because again this is like a learning lesson early on that like you need to have a common view when it comes to this type of business or any business you get into you need to understand your roles your responsibilities things of that nature before you dive into a partnership together this this partner of my dad's or of mine at the time you know he's a very good friend of my dad's we still actually I talk to him today um so we still do business together just in other just in other ventures um the restaurant thing just didn't work out for us uh but that was fine too because by the when we kind of like separated um you know we left on good terms on a good note So um I'm assuming you guys had some kind of shareholder agreement or something that kind of defined if things don't work out here's how we buy each other out or kind you of know, you know what so I went at 2122 I was still kind of learning the ropes and you know like again like coming from a background like our background like my dad kind of had like that trust policy in place where you know it's more like a verbal thing that it's just a I guess an understanding I guess uh, as you would say it uh and you know like he's been doing business with this guy for so long he didn't feel like there would be any issues um i guess moving forward in terms of anything that may have happened um and there was a, there was it was a bit of a bumpy road trying to figure out how we would do the buyout and what that number might look like and all those things and that's that was like our learning lesson there saying doesn't matter if it's friends or family have a trust agreement in place so everyone understands exactly what their roles are within the business and you know who does what and what they get paid for and x amount and whatever it may be um but at the end of the day we got a resolve which is like the most important thing and like i said um we still talk like to this day we still do business together to to this day yeah no i only bring it up because like i think when you go into friends with uh, sorry business with friends or family yeah. obviously like you know it's like anything you know um you you obviously want you you want to be optimistic you want to you know have things play out the way you expect them in a good way but you know those obviously agreements are great when things don't work mm-hmm. out there's a clear path to oh you know what uh, i can't do this anymore i got a family or you know whatever else reason yes. i have time I, my health issues um, 100% um so that that's why i was just curious but no it's good to kind of see no, that i i i, I learned I the same way as you did so that's why i'm just curious yeah yeah no no i definitely like like you know if i could do it all over again or if i could start from scratch again i would definitely do so many things more like differently than what we did or how we started off like we didn't have the guidance or like the knowledge that we do now when we first started off and I, that's the thing about business right like you know like there's so much that you'll just know going into it it's more about kind of like just going with it and just figuring out as you go sometimes and that's the best way of learning it can cost a bit of money but <laughs> but you know like if i was to advise anyone yeah definitely don't look at um you know any partnership as you know i know this guy for 30 years and he won't uh, you know we won't have like a we won't be able to figure it out or whatever it may be it's just more about having things in place properly structured by a lawyer you know have your accountants in place and making sure that you know you don't skip out on those important parts I guess I know you said you got in, you guys got into franchising as a result of your like dad starting off by getting into the pizza pizza franchise. How did he even think of like getting into franchising because like my dad um he ran a restaurant it was called Rico Restaurant it's where okay. the embassy restaurant is now at Middlefield and Finch so he like ran it for a long time like a while ago. Uh but he never like thought of I, I don't think a lot of you know um I think immigrant um people like folks think of yeah. like you know running a franchise as a business like it just doesn't seem plausible or even something you think about so like what made your dad even think about this episode is sponsored by nobody that's right nobody so if you could be kind enough to hit that subscribe button that would mean a lot to me to be honest i think he just found somewhere that he can call home like honestly like when he started at pizza pizza like it's he was just like a cook he was like you know like maybe like a driver dishwasher whatever you might want to call it he kind of worked his way up um and like i said he just became really close with the, the owner at that time um and they became like best best like best friends literally and it just came to a point where he wanted out of the business and my dad said hey you know what like i got some cash saved up or whatever it was and um he just he's just like you know he knows the business inside and out he was good at it like he's he's extremely like customer oriented he's very social so he had like those i guess skill sets and and senses and he understood understood those things and I guess it kind of came naturally to him to be honest cuz like I can tell you for a fact that he doesn't cook at home but it's because it's a franchise model and it's kind of set up for you you're just kind of following a cookie cutter process um he was able to thrive in that environment and um yeah like I guess it was something he was just very comfortable with Oh interesting is, is there yeah. like a like I said like for me 
um, I, I like digital businesses, but like franchise businesses specifically, I don't know why, but I want to own a bubble tea like <laughs> franchise or like a, a very yeah. small location, not, not anything with like a big, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, square footage, like just something small, but yeah. I want to own one because I love bubble tea. And I feel like yeah. if you're going to own a business, you're going to like, I think either be a customer of it or like know it really well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like for you, other than like Boston pizza, 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 like the restaurant space, are there, or like, are there any other restaurant brands or like other kinds of franchises that if you weren't so tied up with kind of all that's on your plate today, that you yeah. would potentially, you know, want to be an owner and out of curiosity, I'm doing my market Yeah, research, I mean, so. I, well, I, well, I hope anyone from Boston pizza listens to this, but like, you know, for me, honestly, like throughout the pandemic, that was a huge eye opener for us in terms of uh, where we, like how we developed or grew this business from 2014 up until, you know, 2019. And then everything overnight came crashing down for us. It was really an eye opener. Like if I was to like, you know, invest in something else, I would find honestly, like we found that throughout the pandemic drive through is king. That's how me and my brother always call it because, you know, like they kept going there. The movement was always there, all that kind of stuff. I would, you know, I, I'm always interested in like, you know, like if I was to go back to quick service, it would definitely be along the lines of like, you know, I, I hear A&W is very lucrative. Uh, even like McDonald's, it's really tough to get into. Like, you know, you need a lot of capital, but it's like businesses that you just don't see dying or going anywhere. Um, I just feel like there are a lot of businesses out there, but you really have to just do your research and your homework to figure out what makes the most sense for you. And, and you have to also understand the numbers, right? It's all like a numbers game, like just like everything else. Like if the numbers don't make sense, it doesn't matter if you do like, you know, half a million dollars of sales a month or whatever it is, but your costs are exceeding that you're not making any money. Right. So even, even with us, with this location, uh, we just knew that it was underperforming to like a very high degree and, and it would take a lot of, it would take a bit of capital, but we could definitely turn it around. And we always had that faith that, you know, like if we worked hard enough at it and just put in the time and the energy that I needed, uh, we could turn that business around. But yeah, definitely if I was to, if I was to get into like something like that, it would definitely be a, like, you know, if it was my brother, he'd probably say like another small full service restaurant, like something like Smash Kitchen. It closes at 10 o'clock, not super late. Like we close at like 2 a.m. some days, right? So it's like long hours. Um, you know, it's very different when you have a family now. Uh, do you really want to be, you know, at the restaurant that late or have to be dealing with all that? Um, so honestly, it just depends on what where you are in your life, I think, right? Uh, and again, if you have the systems and processes in place, I guess I guess you can make it work either way. Yeah, I thought bubble tea just because like I feel like I, I'm pretty sure the margins are pretty good on bubble tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you don't need a huge location to kind of service that. Definitely. You can, you know, run it off like, you know, also supplement it with like Uber and like all these other things around marketing to drive awareness and um so yeah no just curious about that um no, for do you sure. think do you think moving forward with franchise businesses you know like the ones you mentioned a mcdonald's or even other ones mm-hmm. that are kind of up and coming um do you think they'll continue to thrive in, in in the future like franchise businesses um or do you think you know um only certain ones like you know a very small percentage will survive and you know people opening up their own individual one-off restaurants or brands will kind yeah. of yeah be the future well like you know like we weren't like immune to the pandemic you know like just to go back to like just like big name brands for a second like there there were boston pizzas that were affected i'm sure there are other big name brands that had to do store closures because they just didn't have the business coming in maybe the subsidies came in too late to, to kind of aid them through uh those two years where everything was down um i don't think franchises are going anywhere um i think that you know like restaurants in general like it's 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 something that's it's part of your culture you know what i mean it's part of everyone's culture like to go out have a have a drink have a nice meal whatever it may be um i i, I really don't believe that a few percentage or like a small percentage of restaurants would would or survive in the next like 10 20 30 years i think there's going to be a healthy amount of competition and i don't think that's going to change i think um again like the brand awareness that a franchise like boston pizza brings gives me that competitive advantage and um over like maybe a mom and pop store that maybe didn't survive in the last two years, whatever it may be. And that did help me. Um, but I think overall, if you have a good product, you have good service, uh, that's what people are looking for. I truly believe like if you're passionate about what you do, it's going to, it's going to show through and through. Um, you just need to be patient and be willing to put enough time into the, to the end product and the end user to, to profit off of it. Right. You know, you mentioned COVID and obviously like the challenges uh, mm-hmm. talking to, you know, like other folks that ran like, you know, Boston pizza franchise yeah. or like other businesses, yeah. Number one, I, you know, number one here thing you hear is about hiring good staff because, you know, because, you know, especially in Ontario, I guess in Canada, there's so much like, you know, uh, fluctuation between like what, you know, um, how many people are allowed in the store, like, yeah. you know, this and that. So 
people mm-hmm. that were working in the restaurant space ended up leaving altogether to like, you know, become um, PSWs or just other things like yeah. that. Um, how are you addressing that challenge of like finding good staff? Uh, yeah. Or like, are you finding that, you know, it's kind of returning back to normal in terms of finding those kind of people? Yeah, uh, that was a great question. Honestly, initially, you're absolutely right. Um, literally half my team that had to lay off for the beginning part of the pandemic, they ended up just not coming back because you know, they were looking for job security, right? So whether it's uh, joining TD call center or whatever, at least you're guaranteed a paycheck uh, every two weeks or whatever it is just to get through whoever along the pandemic was going to last. Um, you know, there are people that were hesitant about returning because in Ontario, actually, we were the most impacted out of the entire world in terms of closures and all that kind of stuff. Um, like restaurants, like were open and shut within like weeks apart, right? Um, that obviously didn't provide the confidence in, in our in our workforce or like the potential candidates to hire someone um, because like, you know they they were too afraid that you know it could be any second where they just uh, you know decide to like you know say that hey restaurants are closing again for another six months. Um, now like where we are now, I definitely feel that we're getting back to a better place where um, that those staffing levels. Um, are attainable for sure. The quality of candidates can be questionable sometimes, to be honest. Um, but I, I feel like you know, if you if you put enough time into like the interviewing process and all that, you can definitely find good candidates. I'm actually in the process of hiring a GM right now. I'm looking at external candidates, uh, like from like the keg uh, from other places, um, and we're also looking internally within our own organization as well to find like the best fit. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think there are options out there, but it's just more about being patient and not rushing the process. What's your day like, I guess, in terms of, you know, running the business? Um, because, you know, like you said, it's, you know, there's some businesses that like close at five, six or like they have earlier closings. You guys are open a bit late, especially on the weekends. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'm sure you have like, you know, leadership in place to help while you're not there. But you know, how involved are you? And obviously it looks probably different from when you started to where you are now. But tell us about that. Yeah. Um... When I first started, to be honest, I was in no position uh, to like not be at the store. Probably for the first two to three years, I was there um, almost every single day. Sometimes open to close, like you know, back to back days, um, just because I honestly couldn't afford to hire a manager to kind of cover uh, the hours that you know I was looking to kind of offload. Um, it was also important that I was there just to build and go with the business as well, right? Like my location was had a reputation. Um, I inherited. Um, you know, like a bad rap kind of, there's a lot of work that had to be done in terms of just like food quality, customer service, you know, uh, community outreach, things of that nature. So it took me a solid two years just to clean house and um, kind of get the store running to a level where I can afford to hire uh, another manager. So that was probably my first two to three years. It was very, very, it was probably the toughest years. And then, um, you know, we kind of started uh, building our, or building out our team and figure out what worked best uh, for our needs, right? So um, as an example, me, my brother, and we had another manager, we were on shift, pretty much. We were the three managers. Eventually, you know, my brother would kind of lower his uh, hours in terms of managing, like uh, on a day-to-day, we'd hire another manager. Um, I think think now I'm pretty, I'm not gonna say I'm pretty hands-off, but I've come to a point where my focus now is just to grow sales, ensure that we're adhering to brand standards, and, um, you know, we're doing the community outreach and things of that nature. So I don't have to be there physically from nine to five every day and work a shift or five to close and work a shift. I can pop in whenever I want um, and kind of just address the needs of the restaurant. So that took about, I was like eight years in the making, but it feels good that we kind of came to the other side now and uh, we're able to do that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, with businesses at the beginning, it's almost like having a baby where it's kind of, it can all sometimes be all consuming. Uh, but you were young. You were like, you said like 21, 22 and yeah. you know, a lot of your friends at that age, you know, when I was 21, 22, you know, you weren't running a business, you were doing things that, you know, you had a bit more freedom or like, you know, you were trying to focus on a social life or things like that. So how did that impact you personally? Like, were you, did, were you, did you feel like, oh, you were missing out on so much that, you know, did your, were your friends like, what are you doing? Like, how, what was that like? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's kind of like you're hitting the nail on the head right there. Um, like, you know, like, yeah, I hear it all the time. Like, you know, everyone knew how much I was working. Um, me and my brother were very heavily invested in the restaurant. We still are, but at that time when everyone's partying, going out to, you know, dinners and all that kind of stuff, I, I honestly couldn't do any of that. I had to make a choice and it was either, you know, what, like let the restaurant fall to shambles, uh, to go out for a night with drinks and food with my friends, or I was just like sucking it up and kind of just doing what I had to do. 
Um, and I would definitely hear it from everyone and be like, yeah, you're working too hard. Like hire someone, uh, you know, you can, you can come out to this party, whatever it is. But, you know, when when you're the one that has to pay the bills and the money's not there, you have no choice but to kind of suck it up and do what you have to do. Um, like, yeah, it was like a, it was a tough time because, like, you know, I did miss out on a bunch of things. Um, but honestly, when I look back at it, I don't regret it at all. Um, I feel like I've, I've positioned myself and my brother has positioned himself in, in a great way where, you know, we, we're kind of chilling a little bit now and kind of like, you know, figuring out what our next steps are in life uh, versus having to be stuck at the store like seven days a week. Uh, and But, you know, again, that was that initial hard work that we had to put in to kind of get to where we are today, right? What in your like early childhood or your teenage years, because I, I know people that, you know, their, their parents were entrepreneurs or like in certain kinds of businesses, but they were like, I don't want, I don't want any part of this. Like, you know, entrepreneurship is very hard, very like time consuming, especially yeah. when you're older yeah. and you have kids. And that's when you started versus when you started. Um, so they're like, I don't want any part of entrepreneurship. So what was it during your childhood? Like, especially if you're seeing your dad do all this, made you mm-hmm. and your brother want to kind of jump full steam, you know, all in into running your own franchise versus, you know, maybe working for somebody or doing some other kind of business? Yeah, I mean, um, the only way I could probably see my dad at that age was to go to work or like go like beg to like, you know, go for a night with him and, and close the store. And, you know, obviously my mom would be super against that. And I was like a kid and I, I she didn't want me up until like 2 a.m. in the morning or whatever it is. But um, honestly, just seeing how hard they worked and, um, you know, having to like miss, like, you know, they, they weren't really a part of our I mean, they were, they're great parents and they did so much for us, but they had to sacrifice time with us, um, you know, during those years growing up to, to, you know, be able to provide for us. Right. So just, you know, being in that environment growing up, um, literally just stacking pop in the pop cooler or like, you know, helping with some prep when you're growing up, uh, you know, because like the, the Warren Eglinton store was actually right beside the movie theater at Eglinton Square. So my sister, my brother and I, we can go to the movies, we'll come back to the store, have some food. And if they need help with anything, we, we kind of be there when we were little, right? As we got older, we actually started working in the business itself, um, where there was like, I was literally a delivery driver. I was, I was a cashier in the front. Um, I would be cooking as a line cook in the back. So basically my dad had me doing everything and kind of just like work me from the ground up, just like any other like team member uh, without really showing me too much favoritism or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, he kind of showed me the ropes. I mean, just made sure like, hey, I understood how hard it was to make this type of money. Because uh, restaurants, uh, you know, it, it's, it can be very rewarding, but those margins are super thin. And, um, you know, he really instilled how hard it, it is to make money, like, you know, on a day to day and and what he was trying to do for us. Right. So I think that was kind of like the inspiration or like, you know, like where we got it from. Because um, like, like I said, even like me at home, like I, I can, you know, my wife does a lot of the cooking. Um, but like, you know, with restaurants, I'm super passionate about it just because I got to talk to people. Um, you know, there's systems and process that we get to implement. Um, and it's fine. It's just fun doing it. Right. So, you know, I don't have to be the best cook in the world to be passionate about food. Like in, in, in general, like I don't have to be Gordon Ramsay to run this restaurant, but you do have to have a level of passion for it. And that's super important. I think I, I had another question as well, but did you know that every time you left a five out of five review for this podcast, a Tamil parent lets their child pursue a career in the creative arts? Okay. That's probably not true, but if there's a chance that it is, do you really want to jinx it? Leave a review. Do it for the young creative in you. We'll, we'll jump into, uh, I guess, the, the future, which is you kind of yeah. hit on it, which is you got the business stabilized. You guys recovered from COVID. Things are kind of going fairly smooth. Um, yeah. So I guess for, for you, do you see yourself, you know, running, continuing this run, this Boston Pizza location for like the next 10 years? Are you, would you ever consider moving on, like selling the business? And if you were ever to do that, like what 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 would that other thing be? Like you're you're seeing, like you're thinking about it. Like what do those possibilities look like? Yeah. Um, again, because of the pandemic, it was a big eye opener. Um, throughout the pandemic, like I, I had my real estate license, so I was kind of selling houses on the side a little bit there, just to bring in some additional income. Uh, my brother and I, with our, our another partner of ours, we we got into real estate investing as well. Uh, we're quite enjoying that. That's also been a, a bit of a learning curve. I know Mayu's been on your show. So like, you know, we've reached out to him for advice on uh, multiple occasions, been to his networking events. Um, you know, for us, um, you know, we've had conversations about whether it was time to sell the store. Is this the right thing for us? Um, it's things that happen throughout the course of our business because things get turbulent and you wonder, is this the right time to sell and move on? Like you had a good thing going, let's not hold on to it for too long before and see the business decline. Um, but we still feel like we're in a great position 
um, right? There's still more to be done. Um, so definitely like our goal, aside from now, like, you know, kind of moving to real estate and all that kind of stuff is to expand. To expand. So we, we hope to hopefully, you know, purchase another store. Um, again, with this economic climate, we're very patient. We're again, super numbers oriented. Like the deal has to make sense for us. Um, you know, a lot of people, like, you know, they might have some money and they just want to buy the store just because they want to say they own a Boston pizza. But it's super important that they analyze the deal, look at the rent, look at the numbers, look at their current sales and make sure that um, it makes sense for them. Because getting in is super, it can be easy, but getting out is hard, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, I know. It's not, it's not as liquid as the real estate market in terms of- Exactly. Because of the buyer market. Um, exactly. With like buying a Boston pizza, um, you know, like I know the US, I forgot the program, um, uh, SBA, I think the SBA financing in the US, when you buy a business, mm-hmm. you know, there's a government backed program, almost like right. a, similar to like a, what a mortgage would be for buying a house. Um, right. How does it work here? Like, say, if I want to buy a Boston pizza, is there like some kind of financing program that Boston pizza offers? Or like, if it's like, if I'm buying a business for, say, how, you know, a million dollars, do I need to right. come up with that million dollars? Or can I do like a vendor take back or like how, how can deals right. be structured? When I purchased back or when we purchased back in 2014, it was a little bit more different. They wanted us to be a lot more liquid and we kind of put a lot more cash up front. We did, I believe, a cash deal. Um, so we didn't um, get any bank financing. Um, again, that's because we had two partners. We did 50-50, whatever it is. And then we did a renovation as well. So we did put a lot of capital up front. Um it, it varies from, I think, franchisor to franchisor. I know that since then, I believe Boss Pizza still has uh, financing options or they're linked with RBC, I believe, um, to kind of help you with or assist you with financing. But they do expect you to have um, a good financial background in terms of like, you know, having enough capital, you have assets, uh, they look at everything. So they deep dive into, you know, what your assets are, your liabilities. Um, I can go, I can go on about that. But, you know, they do do their due diligence um, and they want to make sure that if, uh, again, if anything was to go wrong, that you are able to cover it with the, whatever assets that you may have. Right. So that is obviously a scary part of owning or getting into business like this, um, because, you know, you need to you need to be prepared for anything that may happen. So even me at that time, I was only 21, 22, not didn't have any assets. So my dad had to be a guarantor. So they were flexible in that sense. Um, and I think it, uh, it just varies, right? I, I don't want to speak on all franchises, but I think, um, uh, I think they probably follow the same path. Got it. And then speaking of money, like what's your relationship with money? Like, um, uh, like for me, I'm, I'm like, I'm always like, I know more people are thinking about this, but I've always thought about financial freedom, not mm. just because of the money part, but like, you know, ownership of time. I want to basically like wake up and do what I want when I want. Obviously, like you can't do that right away. It takes time to kind of get to that point. But uh, how do you look at money and how do you invest your money? Because obviously, you know, the income you make from Boston Pizza, you've already kind of talked about getting into real estate investing, which I think a lot of yeah. people do when they, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, their full-time job, whatever it is, that's one way of probably, the, you know, the best and easy way, I think, to kind of diversify yeah. Yeah. and grow yeah. your money. But, you know, beyond that, like, what else are you doing or what else have you considered? Honestly, like, obviously, everyone looks at stocks and whatnot. I'm not too super versed on that. I do want to learn a lot more about it. So, like, with my free time, I hope to kind of, like, you know, deep dive into that a little bit more. Um, and honestly, like, it's just about, like, you know, I have fun, like, you know, like, starting little side hustles and kind of generating income from that, right? Uh, what I would do with the money, again, I think you can't go wrong with the real estate. Obviously, um, like, you know, we learned even, like, in, in the last year and a half or two years since we kind of started investing a little bit more, more, uh, more heavily, um, the opportunities that come with investing in real estate. Um, and you, and like I said, like you see all these guys um, discussing like, you know, the upsides about that. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand it enough to really get into it, but it's, it's, it's huge. Um, me personally, like I said, yeah, that, I think that's the, that's on a, on a higher level. I think that's like the biggest investments that we currently have. Um, and yeah, we just hope to grow from there. You mentioned you met, so did you know Mayu before actually out of curiosity? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, I knew him through the restaurant, to be honest. Oh, nice. um, I think this was before, like, uh, before he got heavy into real estate. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we first met and whatnot. And then, honestly, I was watching his whole, like, rise, uh, his rise and whatnot. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's extremely insightful. So, uh, you know, I follow him pretty closely. And uh, he, he knows what he's talking about. So yeah, There's a couple of guys in the Tamil community that are, like, are really, they know their stuff in real estate. It's cool to follow. I feel like there's another guy definitely. I follow, too. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, so, like, how, how connected are you to the Tamil community? I guess because of your location and 
I know a lot of town people I think come to your location as well but yeah yeah I'm just curious like yeah have you always been connected like you and your family to the Tamil community like in terms of events or just people yeah definitely I mean like like I said like my dad is like you know like for for everything he's achieved or accomplished in his life like you know he's given back a lot to the community he's well known in the community um and I think that's also like you know kind of trickled down into into Boston Pizza as well so like initially starting off like like I said like we weren't doing the greatest that's like you know there's no pretty like, no nice way of putting it um we were struggling um and definitely the community um like he he would organize parties for us he'd organize so many different um, I guess outlets where he'd, he'd bring in and drive business for us. And these are a large scale majority of them were from our Tamil community and they would come and support us. So, you know, we always appreciate them for that, helping us, you know, kind of stay afloat while we were figuring things out. Um, so definitely like being involved in the Tamil community is important for us. And, um, you know, we just hope to continue growing it like more moving forward. What's been like a failure, like learning lesson you've experienced in the last three to five years? And like, what did you learn from that experience? To be, to be honest, it's a great question. I mean, I feel like even now, I just feel like I haven't failed enough. As in, I just feel like, you know, like it, we've been, me and my brother talk about this all the time. Like it's been eight years. We're at the one store. We're comfortable. And maybe that comfort or that fear of failing if we get a second store is always kind of like lingering in our minds. Or like, you know, like we always wonder how do these guys do it? Like, you know, like the service isn't the greatest, uh, you know, or, like, or this might be affected or whatever it is. Um, and I think like, you know, like, I think we just need to, kind of pull the trigger a little bit faster and just kind of, you know, if we have a thought in our head, um, like, you know, if we feel like, you know what, this is time to do something, we just have to go out and do it. Um, and just, you know, kind of figure out like, like how we did it with this one store, like how we just kind of like decided to jump into it head first and just figure out along the way. I feel like, I don't know if I lost that or if I just uh, got more cautious um, as time went on, but I feel like I do need to um, be prepared to just fail more frequently and more often and not be too worried about like, you know, what may lay ahead um so I think that's like something that's important to me now like uh just trying new things and getting out there I think when you work so hard to make money like your first you know they say <laughs> yeah. the first 100k is the hardest or whatever it is like yeah, when definitely. you work so hard to get that capital I think capital preservation becomes like top of mind like yeah you want to you know set aside money like I, I yeah. set aside a very small budget I call it like a failure budget or like learning budget where I can mm-hmm. like delve into different things and just learn. And if it goes, it goes. But, yeah. you know, once you like make a little bit of money, you're like, ah, it's just, it took, especially as an entrepreneur, you're like, yeah, ah, I don't really want to like lose this because I know how much time this money represents. So yeah. I, yeah. I think what you said makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, like even like uh, starting off with the business, we didn't pay ourselves for a couple of years. Like, you know, like we were like, you know, we got like things taken care of through the business, but we didn't take any money out. And that was like, you know, like it was tough. Like, you know, you're working so hard for, for so many, like, you know, like long hours or whatever it may be. And sometimes you do feel like it gets to a point where you're like, Oh my God, this is all worth it. Right. And you have those moments of doubt and um, you know, you just kind of have to stick through and just really have like your, that goal at the, the goal, like, you know, like kind of like this, like, yeah, you just got to keep thinking about what the end goal is going to be and just stick to it. But yeah, that was like one of the toughest parts too. <laughs> Yeah, and when I explain that to people, like, let's say, like, my wife, like, now she understands because she runs her own business now as well. Right. But I have to always explain to her, like, no, you get paid last. Like, you know, you got to make sure, yeah. like, whoever you work with, even a small team or contractor, like, yeah. everyone's getting paid. They're getting paid way more than you. You're yeah. betting on, you know, seven to 10 years from now, you got to kind of stick with this grind and then it'll pay off Definitely. a little bit. Um, Definitely. And, like, you know, for most people that I, I think uh, that are not long term thinkers, it's very easy. Uh, I know several times I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm sometimes, yeah. sometimes I still feel like that, but I also feel like I change as a person where I don't know if you did as well, but um, I was really bad with money before then I started a business. I had some of those habits, yeah. but then, you know, um, learning how to eventually get a business profitable, um, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to be good with money. And I've Definitely. learned that I don't need as much to even be happy. Like the things that I thought I started the business for like, oh, I want to do this and that. I actually didn't need yeah. those things anymore. Like this, my needs are pretty simple now. Yeah. Um, it's not like to say I'm like doing well, but like I'm, mm-hmm. you, I think you do, if you stick with the business long enough and you're doing it okay, finally, you know, you can make a little bit of money from it. So it's just like a yeah. observation. And, and I know I completely agree with you as in like, I, so me and my wife have this like kind of argument or debate all the time as in she feels I work way too much and she's like, you know, stop to smell the roses type of situation. And I'm like, 
well, yeah, I understand. But like, you know, I'd rather grind while I can, while I'm young and, and, you know, I have the energy to do it. And then, you know, like say, you know, we're, we're 35, 40, we can just chill, relax and we'll be, we'll be good. And then she said, well, I can't be carrying up a hill at 35, 40 when you want to go travel Europe and, you know, you're too old to do it. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but I don't think, you know, that would be the case. Right. And, and just going back to making sure the business is profitable. Like my brother was my partner. He's my, my left-hand man, right-hand man, whatever you want to call it. He's super organized in that sense. He's super on the numbers, on the operation side of things. Um, so it's really important that, again, like even us as partners, that we understand what our roles are and what we're good at and, and what we're not good at, right? So I think we, we do a good job propping each other up. So like, you know, I'll handle more of like the training, the development, the hiring, all that kind of stuff, the HR stuff, and just making sure that the guest experience is amazing. Um, and he'll figure out like, hey, making sure that the labor is in line, the food costs uh, has hit the target or we're not over budget on certain things. So like, you know, we, you know, we collectively do a lot of these things together as well, but he takes a lead on those things. So I'll take a lead on certain things. So um, that definitely helps with a business of this like, size. You mentioned before that you did sales, like for like a business like Boston Pizza, like mm-hmm. are you doing B2B sales? Like, are you like reaching out to businesses to get sales? Like, what do you mean by your, your, your focus is like getting sales? Yeah. So like, again, like for us, again, like we have, like, if you, you know, most Boston pizza, it's, it's a nice concept because we have like that bar side and then we have the dining room side. Um, so like, you know, we can entertain all kinds of clientele or guests, right? So we have family dynamics, we have, you know, like, you know, other people, business people, uh, teens, sports groups, whatever it is. So our goal right now is like, you know, just to drive the door in any way we can. So prior to the pandemic, we had kids parties every month. So we'd hire, uh, a professional who would dress up, or maybe it'd be a Cinderella party, or it'd be a Disney party, or a Moana party, whatever it is, and that would be a, a way or a driver just to kind of get that that extra incremental sale come in. Um, right now, we have a team rewards program where we provide, you know, hey, if you have a team or like a beer league team, you know, you play softball every Thursday, uh, come in. Uh, we have a ballot box set up for you where we're gonna get back ten percent of your spend out of for a year end party, right? So. Uh, in terms of business to business, we'll go and do pizza drops. As an example, we'll choose a business uh, and maybe once a week or once every two weeks, we're going to go drop off a couple of free pizzas, drop off our business cards and our information. So that if you decide to throw a team party, we can drive you to our door or our store. Right. Um, so like, you know, like we, we try not to like wait, like, even though we're Boston pizza, we have our national marketing and all that we're paying for, you know, we do do a local, a lot of local store marketing as well. And we're responsible for that. How do you know? I'm 30. I just turned 30, July 5th. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I just turned 30. So if you had a chance to go back in a time machine and sit down with 16-year-old Praveen, what would you tell him? Um, like I said, just don't be afraid to to fail. Um, I felt like I could have taken a lot more risks at a younger age, more than I have, even at 21, 22, jumping into Boston Pizza. I feel like I still was too old, uh, even at that time, as in like I just didn't take enough chances on a lot of things. Um, I think it was more just about the fear of just um, disappointing people, disappointing my family, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that's like one of, not, I wouldn't say it's like a, the biggest regret of my life, but I think it's just something I've come to a realization as in, you know, because of our, like, you know, I think our background, our community, like, you know, we, you know, our parents do work so hard and to give us opportunities that we do have. Uh, it always felt like, you know, failure isn't really an option. And not even that my parents can put that kind of pressure on me. I think I put that on myself. Um, and, you know, as, as you get older, you just kind of reflect and think back on these things. I do think about, you know, like actually up in like, you know, like thinking about this interview or like the speak on your podcast, I was just thinking about the questions and all that kind of stuff that you'd be asking me. And I was reflecting a lot about my journey up until this point now. And there's so many mistakes I made, so many things that I wouldn't change because I would never have learned all the things I did um, if I didn't make those mistakes. But, you know, it's just about, you know, having like the courage just to, to try things and just, you know, be, get out there. Right. So I think that's the only thing I would tell my 16 year old self as in just, just try, 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 just don't be afraid of, you know, making mistakes and, and failing. In terms of your personal legacy, like, I guess, like looking forward in a way, um, how would you want to be remembered by your friends and family? It's a good question. Um... Money can be hard to come by, but here's a hundred dollar opportunity for you. Join my free newsletter for free exclusive content and a free chance to win $100 when I hold special draws. Did I mention that it's free? Honestly, like, I'm known as a very, very sweet, nice guy. Um, I'm very giving. I think I just, I want to be remembered for that. As in, like, you know, like, like they said, money's not the most important thing to me. I, I probably will give away whatever I do have by the end of my life, uh, whatever that might be. Um, you know, as long as, like, you know, my friends and family, they're ha- happy, healthy, safe. I think those are the most things that I value. Um, 
and uh, yeah, just being a good person and just doing as much good as I can while I'm here. <laughs> that's a good. Uh, that's a good way to segue into our final part of the podcast. Um, it's a, a game I like to call Creator Confessions. It's kind of like a speed round. So I'll okay. say a bunch of statements and you tell me the first thing that pops in mind. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Favorite Tamil food? Uh, <laughs> and just because you own a boss of pizza, the item that you would recommend most to someone like me, if I'm just going to come check out this oh, okay. store. If you're getting a pizza, I definitely recommend the meteor pizza. It's my favorite growing uh, like you know, ever since I started. It's fully, fully, like, fully meat, loaded with meat. Can't go wrong with that one. Okay. Something that scares you. <laughs> Something that scares me. Getting old. <laughs> uh, insecurity that you have. Insecurity that I have. It's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't even know. That's a good one. Uh, insecurity. Okay, that's to say my height. <laughs> I'm short. <laughs> Why? How tall are you? I'm like five six, five seven, maybe. That's just a number, man. Yeah, it's uh, just a number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite show you're watching. Favorite show I'm watching, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, place you're itching to travel to? Oh, Europe, Euro trip. Where in all Europe across specifically? Europe. All across oh, Europe. where in Europe? Oh, yeah, all across Europe, to be honest. I've been to London, France, all those places, but I feel like there's so much more to discover. So I definitely have to, to get back on that. A uh, fellow Tamil creator you want to give a shout out to? I'll give a shout out to Mayu, for sure. Um, you know, he uh, he's definitely helped us out through our journey and whatnot. And uh appreciate his advice and the time that it takes to help people out. So definitely shout out my favorite childhood memory. Favorite childhood memory. Wow. Honestly, um, probably just spending time with my, with my parents on, you know, like probably a birthday. That's probably what it is for me. You know, those are the times where we actually get together as a, as a whole group, which rarely happens sometimes when we're growing up. So I think uh, the birthdays are the best. <laughs> Uh, something you like to do for fun outside of work? Outside of work, oh, I love um, I love hunting for like collectibles. So uh, you know, like uh, me and my brother-in-law, we go after Pokemon cards, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, getting into this like it's kind of a bit of a hobby of mine. So uh, I like collectibles. Yeah, you're like Gary V. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Favorite film of all time or movie? It could be Tamil, English. It could be both. Oh man, well, like I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so like, I love the whole series. I read all the books, uh, watched the play just for my birthday right now. So yeah, definitely uh, nerding out there. Yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, you saw the uh, what is it called? The Harry, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. The Cursed play, Child. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was long, but it was it was good. It was good. Um, what's something you purchased in the last couple of years you've splurged on, but you have no regret about it? I personally didn't, well, like for my, for my wedding, my brother gifted me a very nice watch. Um, so like, yeah, I definitely think that was a, that was a splurge. He got me a, a huge blow. So that was quite pricey, but uh, definitely don't regret it. <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> a pet peeve of yours. A pet peeve. Um, I don't even know. Like, I don't really have that, like a pet peeve. Um yeah, I don't know. Like, there's not too much that really bothers me. You really have to work really, really hard to get under my skin. So, so <laughs> I don't really have one. I don't know. Like, I can't you think of off the top of my head. Um, honestly, man, it's been a while since I played sports. No, I haven't, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, a person or celebrity that you look up to? Oh, that's a good one. Honestly, I I listen to like you said. I listen to a lot of Gary Vee. Uh, I think uh, I relate to him a lot in a lot of ways. Like growing up school wasn't like actually it's funny I didn't tell you this but um getting into Boston Pizza I left school with half a semester to go so I technically haven't graduated yet I have two courses left to graduate from Brock University and I just uh got into BP I never looked back so um you know I just feel like yeah you like you know in, in to some degree like you don't always need a formal education to be successful you just have to be, be willing to put in the work um and have like the right mindset obviously just to, to get things done yeah, it's funny you say that because like now that like my wife and I have, we have kids, uh, yeah. they're very young. But like for me, I've already already felt this way as I got into the entrepreneurship world. But I was like, you know, obviously, the path you took, you had to take because you wouldn't learn all the things yeah. you did. But for sure. looking back, you know, like instead of my kids going to school, having a student loan or whatever it is, like even if yeah. I help them out with that, what's the point of them doing a program or something that we're forced mm-hmm. to do versus, you know, if they have a passion, they want to, you know, jump into the working world right after high school right and they're they're serious about it they have a plan yeah i wouldn't be opposed to it and you know like for you you found right. success without finishing school there's so Definitely. many people i know that just finished only like high school for example but they're successful entrepreneurs 
and they make way more than you know people that finish school and have like master's no, degrees sure. or whatever it is so yeah for sure I, I just think it's whatever makes sense for you whatever you're comfortable with like yeah if you're if you want to become a doctor you got to go through the traditional path and you know you got to get your grades but there's a lot you can do without without a formal education well i look at opportunity cost and time uh, and uh, compound interest right if you're yeah, sure. 18 you just finished high school and you start working and learning and maybe building a business whatever you want to do versus waiting till you're 25 26 that's like six seven eight years mm-hmm. that's eight years you got to kind of compound your skills your money your you know connections that definitely you know, somebody like i feel like i Learn, like I wish I started like seven years earlier, but again, it's easy to say that. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, you could look back at it now. Yeah, we definitely look back at it now. This wish you did so many things when you're yeah. much younger, right? But it's just the way the cards fall sometimes. Yeah, and I'm like you know, like you said, no regrets. Like this is the path I was supposed to take. So you know, absolutely, I'm happy with that. Um, if you knew that you were gonna die tomorrow, a regret that you have would have mm-hmm. would have. Ah, uh, a regret that I would have was to die tomorrow. Honestly, I I I I think I would only regret. Just, I feel like, you know, I, I just still have to, I, I want to spend a lot more time with my friend, like my family and whatnot. And, and just, just how that quality time that I, I wish I had as a kid. Um, I felt like, you know, that was one aspect of my life that I really missed out on. Uh, as I'm, like, I've, I've had an amazing life. You know, if I was to go tomorrow, I, I would say I had an amazing, very blessed life. But if I was to choose something, it would just to spend more time with my family. Yeah. Uh, age you want to retire by? tomorrow <laughs> i mean uh <laughs> i mean realistically yeah i think um i think i don't think 40 is unrealistic i think if uh if i make the right moves and if i if i you know just make make the right choices moving forward and some of the, the things i want to do i think 40 is a realistic number um maybe 45 but i think past that i don't think i i, I, I think that might be too long <laughs> <laughs> i think 40 or 45 is a realistic option but i don't think i'd ever retire though like my dad's 50 57 or 58 now and he doesn't have, he's not even showing any signs of slowing down. And I think that's also something that's instilled in him as, and if he feels like if he stops, he's going to drop. So um, <laughs> I think it's one of those things where I think I'll always keep myself busy, but I get, like I said, like uh, when it comes to the, when the, when it comes to the money, if you're talking about in terms of how much money do you need to never have to work another day in your life? I think I just need to be comfortable. Like I'm not the type of person that needs to be ultra rich or be like a, the next Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. I think I just need to be comfortable enough to live a good life uh, and a happy one um celebrity whose life you want to experience for one day ah oh, that's a good one celebrity whose life i want to experience for one day oh Dwayne the rock johnson for sure uh favorite book you've read recently or a podcast you've listened to that's had a good uh, a major impact on you well, actually, you know, I was listening. I've been listening to all your podcasts that are all leading up to this, so that's been good. Oh, amazing! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been listening to that. Um, did you start listening you? after I reached out to you? Or did you hear about it before? Out of curiosity. Well, you know, you know what? I I seen you pop up on like my page here and there, but I honestly didn't deep dive into it. Then I saw Mayus. I started listening to Mayus. That's where I started uh, way back. Okay, and then, like, good. even for the last few days, I was listening to. I forget her name. I think it was Belinda, the one that you're interviewing on TIFF. She was like, she does like a lot of things around movies. I like movies. Uh, I love movies actually. So, um, you know, that that kind of intrigued me a lot. So I was listening to ones. I was kind of cherry picking the ones that I thought would relate to me the most. So that was fun. Um, In terms of books, um, there are so many out there. It just depends on what what you're looking at. I think the 48 Laws of Power is pretty interesting. And uh, Principles by Ray Dalio is a good read. Um, I think those are, I think those are two books I'd recommend you reading. What's a belief, behavior, or habit that's improved your life? I think just, like, you know, do good upon others. As in, like, I don't have, like, you know, I try to live my life in a way where I don't have a bad thought about another person. Um, you know, it's important to me that, you know, if you reach out to me for help, I'll be there to help you. It's not a situation where I'm going to hide information from you. Um, it's going to be a situation where I like, know if I tell you this, you're going to take away from me. I truly believe that um there's more more than enough money out there for everyone to earn or, or whatever it may be i think uh it's important that we help each other grow uh develop you know and to see each other like succeed so i feel like um i sleep easy at night knowing that i'm the type of person that if you were to call me i would literally give you all the information i possibly could about boston pizza and franchising and steer you in the right direction as an example um and you know like you know i'll make sure that i don't put you in a situation where you, you might fail or whatever it is. Cause you know, I didn't have, or me and my brother didn't have the guidance that we did or like, you know, after all, all the years that we've been in the system, 
that we learn now. So when people reach out to us regarding the separate adventure, we tell them like, it's not as easy as you think. Like, you know, there are a lot of things to consider and we'll like to guide them in the right way. But um, I think, yeah, just being a good person and just, um, you know, uh, I think that's the most important thing. And that's why, like, I don't know, in a weird way, I feel like that's why we've been successful as well. There's someone watching over us, uh, seeing the good that we try to do. Um, so that's really important to me, just being a good person and helping others as much as I can. And finally, what's a piece of advice that you would give to your fellow aspiring Tamil creators out there? Piece of advice for aspiring Tamil creators. Honestly, like I said, if you have an idea, if you have a thought, I think you just need to go out and uh, figure out a way to attain it, right? Don't let things get, get in your way. Uh, network as much as you can. I think that's super important. Something that I wish I'd do more of as well. So like I said, like me jumping on this podcast today was like a big step for me in the direction where I want to head to for my future. Um, so I think that not being afraid to ask for help and, um, you know, like if someone's doing what you want to be doing, then all you have to do is connect with them and figure out a way to get in touch with someone. You don't need to figure it out from, from, from scratch and make all the mistakes that they did. Uh, the whole reason why other people make these mistakes for you is for you to learn about it, right? So I think it's just important to take advantage of the opportunities that you have presented. Because um, I feel like a lot of people have, like, feel like they need to have a chip on their shoulder and be like, hey, I did this by myself or I, you know, I did this from the ground up. But that's not really the case. Like, I feel like, you know, like as an example, getting into real estate investing, like I'm learning for everyone else around me. And um, I, I, you know, I'm so appreciative of that. Right. Um, it's a, you know, even though I'm making my fair share of mistakes, I think we've, we've, we would have made a ton more if we didn't listen to a bunch of people that we connected to. So I just think, um, yeah, just like reaching out to your network and, uh, and, and going after what you want is super important. Awesome. Well, you know, Praveen, thank you for jumping on the podcast. I mean, you know, for me, I, I, I turn out, I learn a ton from kind of about the franchising business and yeah, it's cool to kind of hear your story and kind of similarities. Um, mm. For someone listening to this podcast, you know, um, they felt inspired or like, you know, they just like, I want to connect with this guy. What's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Yeah, you can definitely find me on Instagram. My handle is PureVNS. Um, it says Boston Pizza in my bio and whatnot as well. So please feel free to DM me anytime you have any questions regarding the restaurant business or franchising in general. And um, definitely help you out as much as I can. Awesome. Well, thank you again for making time. And for those of you listening, you know, appreciate you guys for listening as always. And uh, see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Arda.